You're listening to a breakout session recorded live at Davis Tent UK 2019. In this episode, we'll be hearing from the Cageless Birds, a collective of artists and creatives established by Jonathan and Melissa Hauser. Hey guys. Hi. This is, this is, well, they're all kind of spread out, but mostly they're right here. Uh, some of our 18-inch journey discipleship school, we, we lead a school um, once a year with Jonathan and Melissa, and these are some of our international alumni. That's We can't necessarily talk about creativity and community without just reveling in the beautiful uh, privilege that it is that we get to lead young adults from all over the world. We have the nations coming to our humble little woods of Sophia, North Carolina, saying, hi, we want to we wanna know Jesus. And we're like, oh my gosh, okay. <laughs> and here they are. Some of our uh, H&H Journey International alumni are here, and we're just so grateful. David's Tent, this is so crazy. We feel so privileged. Again, uh, we get to represent our community. There's a whole group of people back at home that are keeping the home fires burning um, on the land right now, and they're all getting ready for the school as we're all here right now. A bunch of staff and our families our extended community, um, but it's a, it's a privilege that we've been here for eight years to be able to come here and invest in whew, in the UK, in, in everybody who keeps coming to David's Tent. We just love that we get to be here and to give the overflow of our community, of what the Father's doing in us seasonally year-round for this magical three-day glory pow um, of, you know, of a weekend um, we're just really grateful. So thank you so much for having us today. We get to share today. Um, well, my name's Molly Skaggs. Um, I've been a part of the community. Let's see, I started coming around. Um, good Lord. 2010? 2008. I think I met you in the summer. I met Jake and Joel in the summer of 2009. It was right after your school. Right after your school. So, yeah. So he did this school, and then I met Jake and Joel one summer, and uh, they, were, they were about to start an internship with Jonathan and Melissa, and then I started playing with them, and they were part of the band. And I was working at a church in Charlotte at the time and just fell in love with Jonathan and Melissa. They really pursued my heart and friendship before they pursued me really as a piano player, which is, you know, I'm happy to share on that anytime. Um, <laughs> really makes musicians feel amazing when you pursue them for, as for friends and not just what they bring. Amen. <laughs> Woo! Yes. Um, but I've been a part of the community of the school in 2010, uh, came back and did an internship uh, till about, like, let's see, the fall of 2010 to uh, December of 2011 on staff, full-time staff since 2012. Um, been running with everyone almost 10 years. It's pretty pretty amazing. Um, I help, I'm a discipleship pastor in the schools. Um, I help teach music collective with Joel and Phyllis, um, discipling young adults through music and songwriting. Um, and I'm also, um, a co-leader in the music department and worship department with Joel. Um, some of the few things that I do uh, aside from being in the band with Johnny Melissa full time. So, yeah. Hi guys. So I'm Joel Case, and um, 
like Molly said, I, I came to do the 18-inch journey school. How many of you have not heard of the 18-inch journey? I love oh, it. Good. This is good because what we want to talk about today is creativity and community. And we know that y'all don't know us. And so you see us on the stage and we're like tearing it up and having a lot of fun and it go from glory to glory on the stage. But we actually, that's like 5% of what we do. And probably for you too, if you're worship leaders and musicians, it's probably 2% to 5% of your life is spent on the stage, right? Think about that. Even if you just, if you did Sunday morning and Wednesday night once a week, it'd still be like 5% of your life. It's a pretty small percentage, right? Pretty awesome what happens there. But as human beings and as the family of God, we have a whole other 95% that is so important and so connected to what we do in the 5%. So, um, yeah, so I did the school in 2009. The 18-inch journey is a school of the heart. It's a school that is discipleship. Um, we have like 30 people on staff during the school, and probably 40 students come, so it's very intimate, very small on purpose. And we spend a lot of time in the creative arts, as a part of how we disciple and how we, it's part of our DNA, what we carry is, is art and creativity. And we worship a lot, but we really talk about identity and communication and relationships and all the 95% of life that doesn't happen on the stage. You know what I'm talking about? That 95% of life that you can't rely on the anointing for or your gifting for. The 95% where you show your butt in front of your friends and you, some of the parts of you you wish were not seen come out, come forth. But those of you who are laughing know what I'm talking about. Right, so, yeah, so we'll come back around to some of that. But um, I lead uh, the music department and worship department with Molly, and I manage the music studio. I drum with Jonathan Melissa, I lead worship. I'm also a discipleship pastor during our schools and um, get, get to do a lot of those things, which has so, been so good for me. So it's a little bit about me. This is Phyllis. Hey, everybody. <laughs> My name is Phyllis Unkefer, and um, I'll just introduce myself. I first came to the 18-inch journey in 2013 and did the school, then stayed, did our second phase school, which is six months and then joined staff after that. So I would say maybe like three weeks into my school, something started just burning in my heart of, oh, something about this community, I belong here. Um, before I actually came to the farm, I was traveling quite a bit. I was doing missions with Youth with a Mission. I lived in China for five years and was doing evangelism teams and sharing the gospel with people. So I was used to going lots of different places um, and, and planting the seeds of the gospel there. But then when I actually got to the farm, it was just after being in lots of different ministries and seeing lots of different spaces, it just hit me with, oh, there's something about this community that I want to put my roots down here. There's something about this community that I want to commit to. And so it was kind of a scary journey because you kind of go through these different steps. I did phase one, which is two months. Then I did phase two, which is six months. Then I was an intern, which was a year. And then I was invited to join staff. Um, but I would say that uh, 
the emphasis of creativity in our community is really beautiful um, because it's so connected to our heart processes. And after I'd done about five years of missions, um, I was 25 when I came to the farm. Um, we call it the farm affectionately, uh, the place where we do ministry but, um, and live. Uh, but after I'd done missions for that many years, I realized like, ooh, there are a lot of things that are kind of broken in here. There are a lot of things that aren't quite working relationally. I don't really know how to love people the way that Jesus is calling us to love. Um, there are some things, places where I want to get more whole. Um, and the Father invited me to come to a place for the heart um, and do the 18-inch journey and learn how to let the Holy Spirit really um, teach me to get whole on a heart level. We call it the 18-inch journey because we're referring to the 18 inches between our head and our heart. So the things that we know here about Jesus and about the kingdom actually translating and getting down to our hearts as a belief and a place, something that we live from. Um, so I think my season at the farm has been beautiful because we are going after the heart and we're letting creativity flow from that place. Um, and when we become whole as people, there's a wholeness that flows out of our creativity, which we can talk more about. But um, that's what I've been doing for the last six years. Um, I'm one of the leaders of our six-month school, which is our phase two. Um, I'm also part of the music discipleship team. So Molly and I will teach classes. We'll teach music collective together. Um, and I'm one of the writers of Cultivate. Has anybody gotten a Cultivate book? Okay, yes, that is wonderful. Um, this year I joined that team. I'm an editor and a writer, so um, that's what I do. Hey, guys. My name is Rosemary Skaggs, um, and I am married to Molly's brother, Luke. Um, and I'm also just a part of the Cageless Birds and on staff and just love what I get to do. Um, and I've been a part of been on staff for the past six, seven years. Me and Phyllis did our internship together, our, phase, our second phase school together. Um, and I think something that um, even just was really special for me in becoming a part of the Cageless Birds and our community um, that I know I could say for Luke as well, for both of us, was just shifting out of a, a focus of just pouring into giftings and just pouring into talents and just like making sure to serve and actually taking the time to pour into our hearts and into just emotional health and getting to be a part of a community that like Molly said love you as a friend not just for what you do like pouring into the 95 percent pouring into our hearts was something that was really life-changing and transformative and something that um, is even just a part of my journey with creativity is really stepping out of the isolation of just me on my own, doing my, my creative thing and coming out of isolation and actually stepping into family and community and doing those things together. Um, and even just finding that, not that pouring into your talents and creativity is bad, like that's actually a great thing, but learning to find the balance of like, pouring into that side of things, but pouring into like our inner well. And even just how that does in turn pour back into creativity. So, yeah. So part of the reason we do an 18-inch journey school is we, um, before I was a part of A Place for the Heart or the Farm, 
Um, Jonathan and Melissa did these like five day worship creative arts camps, and they were like crazy encounter. Jesus is showing up, wild stuff is happening. People are like being transformed genuinely by it. Um, but there were four or five days long, and and so this desire grew to like, how do we take people beyond a five day encounter once a year? And actually take, we want, they wanted to take more time with the students that were coming. Um, so it became a 40-day school, then a 60-day school. And now this year it's going to be 70 days because we keep feeling we want more time with people because we need time to be spent on us. And we need to spend time on one another. Um, so the, we, we love encounter, right? I mean, when you guys see us on the stage worshiping, we're obviously like, take us up in the spirit, Jesus. Let's go. Let's just go there. I mean, we love to prophesy on our instruments. We believe in the encounter that God's presence brings, that like things will happen in those moments that can't happen anywhere else, right? But then what do you do the rest of your time? What do you do when you get off the stage? What do you do when you get off the stage? Do you, do you feel lonely? Do you feel alone? Do you, do you, do you wrestle to find your place? Where does that come from? And so something we're saying to you today, and we feel the heart of the Lord in this room, is that there's a lot more than just life on the stage or life when you're even just in your gift. Because we're not all necessarily on a stage. Maybe not everybody in this room is on a stage. But when you're in your gift and it's like popping and it's shining and it's that moment of like you knew you were alive to do this. That's such a beautiful thing, but then the rest of life, one of the uh, mothers and fathers that even poured into our community and our school said to us when they came nine years ago, they said, if the enemy can't get, put your fire out, then he'll use, he'll use the flame to burn you out. Like, if he can't put your passion out and get you to not burn for God, he'll try to use the flame to get you to burn out in the process. And that's... That's real. That's real when we find our identity only in ministry and only in gifting. So um, we might have a few more thoughts here, but we really do want to take some questions today. Um, in the realm of community, in the realm of creativity, in the realm of leadership, we, these are things we've been giving our lives to for the past decade, and, and we do have things we can, we can speak into from our experience. So be thinking about that. Um, we really want to hear... What's, what are you wondering? Why, what are, why are you in this room? What are you hungry for? Why did you show up when you heard that we're going to be sitting on this stage? Um, and we want to speak into some of those things. So be thinking about that. Anyone have a question? Yes. So his question is, when we're creating music, um, essentially, is it usually individual or is it collaboration? Um, I'll say it's a little bit of both. Um, I think, I can't speak for everyone, but I'm I'm wondering if I actually can, because I've discipled both of you, and I've known you a long time. Um... We've all, I would say all four of us have come from a background of just, of, of loving 
loving the creative process of the solitude process, you know? Um, I can honestly say that for myself, that there's, there is a magic little nook between me and Jesus and that piano that is just like, you know, it's a special spot that you get back there and you're like, oh man, and we're in his living room and the roaring fire is happening and there's, there's treats on the table and he's listening and we're, yeah, you know, it's, it's that good spot with the father. And like, I can, I can honestly think back to so many moments as a teenager, just finding that spot with the Lord, whether I totally knew that that's what was happening or not, like something in my, my inner me knew that that's where I belonged and that that place was actually made for me. Um, so there's something really special about that space with the Lord, I think, in your, in your own heart. Like, um, and there's part of that, that process of coming out, I think, has been, for me, probably the last 10, 12 years. I mean, I went to school. I was like, let's go to college and just blow it out. Let's just keep going in this music thing and just keep going. You know, anything I can learn, let's do it, you know. And then I came into, like, I came into ministry. I came into family. I, I, I committed to family. I committed to people. And it, it was an interesting kind of shift of just like, wow, I can still do, you know, me and Jesus. But there was also this other, like, this kind of gray space that I had never really, like, explored with the Lord before. And it was a very uh, exciting but mostly terrifyingly vulnerable space that I was not totally prepared to have to give up a lot of control and a lot of be humble and be open and soft and receptive to other people's ideas or feedback or anything like that. And what if we try this? I'm like, what, what did I think about? You know, because <laughs> it wasn't my idea. That's why we're collaborating. You know, <laughs> this is a gift. Come on. You know, <laughs> it's a gift. Oh, God. You know, and again, all your stuff just starts coming out, which we can talk more about. But to answer your question, like for me, it has been like the last probably 10 years has been like opening up and the Lord actually coloring in some of that gray space. And I know the four of us, even in the last month or two, we've really been seeking the heart of the Lord for our school this fall and like really asking him for like, what are the songs that, that our students need to sing? These guys are coming from all over the world and they are like fighting for their legacies. They're fighting for their hearts. Give us songs, Lord, that's going to like open them up. So there is a, a unity and a camaraderie like that we are saying yes to that is much bigger than just my one little solitude, roaring fire, Jesus candelabra moment. You know what I mean? And that, that moment is beautiful. Please don't get me wrong. It's like, if, you know, it's amazing space. And it's usually the place where we start, you know. It's usually, it's, it's our humble, precious beginnings, you know, with the Father. But there, man, there's just so much more, you know. And it's like, my mind can, you know, I can put a thousand to flight. He can put, you know, to us together, we're putting 10,000. And it's like four of us on stage working on one song. I mean... If you believe God's math, it's pretty stellar. You know, it's pretty amazing. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I mostly capture an idea by myself. That's just for me that I, if I'm on the piano at home or if I'm doing laundry and I get an idea or if we're leading worship in a moment and something spontaneously happens, for me, the birth of an idea usually comes with just me and the Lord um, or me engaging something and then um, finishing it is where collaboration has come in the last season for me. Um, that's 
And I think some of that might be based on our personalities, like how much like things are birthed collaboratively or finished collaboratively. collaboratively. It's a big word. Uh, I need some help to say it up here. Collaboration on the collaboratively. So, yes. Yeah, so that that's something we're exploring. And um, every song on our new record has at least two or three writers. Because we've been practicing it. Yeah, it's real to want to just have your own song and have your own moment and have your own spotlight and your own album. But God is just not trying to do that with you. Like he cut, It's because there's more and there's something better on the other side of letting go um, of your idea. Like what does someone else think? You know, like trusted friends that are musical that also are, are believe in your greatness and want, want your best. Like do you trust them enough to be like, God, I open up this idea um, for feedback, yeah. right? Yeah. Art, worship, everything, all that can be really precious. And so you want to do it with people you trust. But even then, you're still going to have to trust. Um, but I, I would just encourage you to do that. Encourage y'all to engage one another in your creativity um, because your songs are going to get better than you ever thought they could be. And certain ones of you will carry strengths that others don't carry. So if you're really good at melody, but maybe not so good at words, you might have a friend like Phyllis, who's like the wordsmith yes. and poet among us. Yes. Um, yes. And that's where partnership, it's like, why wouldn't I mm -hmm. ask her thoughts on the lyric or something, you know? Yeah. yeah. I just have one thought about it. Um, I would say that recently I've been finding that the songs I'm working on now are birthed in kind of corporate moments that I then go and take into the secret place and craft something with. So there is a place where doing something together and seeing what the Lord can actually cause to like bubble up when we're together is amazing. Like I used to do something called worship in the cabin. I made it up myself. It was like Sunday mornings. We have cabins where students stay. They were empty. So I would just invite anyone who wanted to, to come and worship with me. And um, two of the songs I'm working on right now were just choruses that came out of that space. Um, and then I took it, by, I'm taking them by myself to craft them. And then I'm bringing it to the team to be like, hey, and it, there's always a risk involved. Will you listen to this? What do you think of it? What should I do with it? Is it any good? You know, that kind of thing. Um, and we just released an album and all of those songs went through the fire of submitting it to one another. But when I listen to it now, I think I never could have made anything with a fraction of that much beauty by myself. So I just remember having moments with my song. The, the reason I sang it last night is like five years old. But um, it went through the fire this last year. And there were moments when I was like, do I like what we're doing to this song? Do I even like this? Like, we just changed stuff. And do I like what the, you know, the new instrumental stuff and so there's a submission to that, to one another, and the beauty that we can bring collectively. Um, and then the fruit of that is I could never have created something so beautiful if I wasn't willing to submit something of mine to the, to the people I trust. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, and I think for me, too, um, similarly, is usually songs start in the secret place for me and in a place of just worshiping the Lord. Um, but then, like, I, I usually reach that point where I'm like, okay, there's only so far I can take this song. And that is the beauty of, of having people that you can work with and share things with because 
we're not made to do life alone, you know? And in the same way, we're not made to do creativity alone. And even um, for me lately, what's been the most nourishing um, is being able to just be seen in that space of creativity and, and songs with people and getting to just bring what I have to the table and us just work on them together. And even that was the process of um, Generous Portion writing that song was like, I took it to this place, but once I submitted that to other people to hear and speak in, it like became way much better than I could have done it on my own. And so I think there is like a, a humility in that. It's like, okay, yeah. we're, not, we're not made to do this alone and I can't, I can't do this. I can only take it so far. And then that's the beauty of, of other people and of community is they help you to reach so much further. And yeah, there's just a beauty in that. One last thing, I'll say that Ain't No Grave would not have happened without Jonathan and Melissa Helser. Um, I really want to honor them right now. They've actually pulled four amazing songs out of these four people right now. <laughs> they've been leading us a long time, especially like me and Joel. Like we've, they've, we've, they've been leading us for probably like 10 years, almost 10 years, um, and have really laid down their lives for us um, in every way, their family. And so there's there's a place where... If kind of if it was all up to you, there might be a place if you're a little bit like me, you know, you might just stay a little passive and say, nah, we're just not going to, no, nah, I don't need to do anything like that. Everybody else can do for whatever reason. And for people who know you and who have like, they have built trust with you um, to look you in the eyes and say, we love what you're doing, but there's a deeper deep that you have not reached yet, that you have not actually touched yet and you're scared to do it you know, love you enough to tell you you're scared to do it. And that is why you need people. Like all four of us actually not just need each other. We need our entire community. We need our, like, our friends who like, see us in the 95% of every day that's like, I know what you're walking through. I know what you're pressing into. I know what you're fighting for. Where's your song in that? Like, where's, where's your victory song? Like, what are you overcoming? And so I really want to just want to take a second and honor Jonathan and Melissa, who've actually modeled both for us, where Jonathan really thrives in the secret place and, like, in that space with the Father, and it's this very sacred space. Um, and then Melissa thrives in the communal moment. Like, you to spell thriving, it's M-E-L-I-S-S-A. Like, in the secret place, or in the communal space, she's like, let's just swirl, let's just find stuff, you know, keep playing malls, you know. And Johnny's like, I've been working on this song for about three months <laughs> in my basement office with Jesus. And we're like, three months? <laughs> He's like, I've been sitting in this for maybe since January. We're like, bro, it's August, you know. It, but that's that they've modeled both for us, but they've been they've modeled even for us like the humility and generosity of of the Lord and just being like speak into what you guys hear in this and they've done the same for us. So yeah. Another question. Yes. Sorry. Do you ever go through times when it feels quiet in your writing? What do you do in those times? I have a thought about that. Yes, and I've been thinking about this lately. Yes, you do. So maybe this will help. I brought it. We were talking about that. 
So maybe you call that like a wilderness season or a dry spell or writer's block, maybe some of those terms. Um, and maybe this, do you feel like you're in a season like that? Yeah, so maybe I could give you a key from my keychain. Um, and maybe some of y'all could make a copy of the key <laughs> to open this. For me, um, creativity is, is my heart communicating something. Uh, for me, creativity and music is a place of prayer. Um, when I go to the piano, there, I'm praying something. Even if it's just music, my heart is saying something. And your heart is always speaking, right? Even if it's quiet, it's thinking. It's never just totally empty, right? Um, so you could be in a wilderness season, or you could be in a mountaintop or a valley season. You could be in a thriving season of God is everywhere you look. You can't get away from his favor, his miracles, or a season of suffering. But every one of those seasons, you ha there is something that you can pray, right? Right? There's never a season that's like, well, there's nothing we can pray. There's always a prayer. Do you hear what I'm saying? No matter what you're going through, there's a prayer that your heart is saying something to the Lord, to yourself, to somebody, right? Your heart is always speaking. So what I would say is if you feel dry, um, maybe, it's, maybe it's that you need to lean into the season you're in. And, not, and maybe you're seeing it as dry and as barren creatively, but I wonder if it's just it looks different than the last season you were in. What, what can you create out of this season you're in? What could you write? What could you speak? Um, who does God want to be for you, right? How many, do y'all know there's like 365 names for God in the Bible? There's at least that many. Because there's a book called 365 Names for God. Wow. I know. So, it's true, right? But there are. But think about it. I mean, God, throughout history, with his people, reveals himself in different ways, right? He says things like, I'm the Lord, your healer. I'm the God who sees you. You know? I'm your breakthrough. And, and depending on the person he was journeying with in that time um, and what they were going through and what they needed, he revealed something of himself that they needed him to be for them. So what about, what about us, right? There's, I don't know how many people are in this room. It feels like 365 people. There's probably a name for you that God actually wants to say, this is who I want to be for you. Um, so if it's silent, quiet's not bad. Um, and even stillness and silence and a place of waiting, um, there's something for you to hear. And I just encourage you to press into, God, who do you want to be for me right now? Um, and even to your own heart, what do I want to say to God? What do I want to say about, even just about my life right now? And journaling can be a good way to tap into that. Um, writing out your thoughts, getting at the piano, singing your heart out no matter what, what it is you're trying to say. You need to find what you're trying to say. And so I think seeing creativity as a, as a form of communication or a form of prayer has helped me to even just think, there's always something to pray. There's always something to create. Um, 
And you want to make sure you're creating out of the season you're in, right? Like you want to create from the, the journey you're in. If God's saying, I'm the Lord, your gardener, then don't talk about him being the Lord, your champion. You, I mean, that's great, right? But who he's becoming to you is going to give you personal revelation um, and authority so that when you talk about God, my gardener, it change, it's going to change the atmosphere. Does that make sense? So does that help a little bit? I know there's that thing of like, I think partly we can get too self-obsessed as creatives, and we're always looking inward, 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 and it's, and it's not the right kind of inward. It's more introspective than it is just like, I know myself, right? Um, so there's a healthy side of, heart, how are you doing today? Right? And then, God, this is how I'm feeling today. I want you to know me. I want you to see me. And you can play that musically. You could paint it with colors. You can, you can sculpt it in clay. Like, well, there's so many ways to express our journeys. Um, so that's some of my thoughts. I hope that helps you on that. Um, I like what you said about seasons. I think, um, I think there's an invitation to ask the Holy Spirit to help us interpret our season well. Um, cause I, it's not a problem to let our creativity take a breath and like a certain expression of our creativity, take a breath. Um, I, before I met Jesus, I w- was writing all the time. I wrote so much. I was a writer before a songwriter. I wrote poetry, I wrote stories. And then I met Jesus and I stopped writing for a little while. And in that season, the motive I had for writing shifted and what I was looking for, what I was searching for, how I was trying to process my life needed to shift. And I actually moved to a different creative expression and started moving into worship and singing the word and singing what the Lord was saying to me and just sitting with my guitar. And writing needed to take a breath for that season. And then actually when I first came back to the, to the farm, well, I didn't come back. It was the first time I came. When I first came to the farm, the Lord had me be in the writing collective. And it was like writing came back to the surface and I started practicing writing a lot more. So even to, I think sometimes we can misinterpret those moments as like, oh, I'm bearing a talent or I'm failing in some way, which sometimes we are kind of letting some slide that the Lord's like, no, no, let this live. But there's an invitation to invite the Holy Spirit to help us interpret our season well. Like, is this taking a breath? Are you inviting me to a different creative expression right now um, for the outflow of my heart? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And even just to encourage you, like we all hit walls yeah. in creativity and hit those seasons where it feels like there's not a lot flowing. And I think even for me personally, something that whenever I hit just a wall of just feeling like there isn't much coming or flowing creatively, usually it's because I'm forgetting the value of the small, the smallest thing and forgetting that actually even just one sentence is beautiful and valuable. If it's not a whole song, if it's one sentence or one melody or one little moment of worship. And I think even for me, one of the biggest creativity suckers is not being enough and not feeling like what I have to say or what I have to put on paper is enough. And I think usually for me, hitting a wall is usually because 
I'm just not feeling like what I have to say is enough or I'm feeling like what I what I'm putting on paper is should be it should look like this or it should sound like that or you know what I mean just looking at it like it's not enough and I think the times that I've been able to just come under that wall is when I'm able to just stop and be like okay this is valuable like the season I'm in right now is valuable what I have to say right now is valuable like it doesn't matter if it doesn't sound like this or it doesn't look like that like it's coming from my heart and it's valuable no matter what you know what I mean and it's valuable to the Lord and so I think even just to encourage you like even the smallest thing is something and it's beautiful and the Lord breathes on that so he takes our mustard seeds you know and sometimes all you got some mustard seeds but he takes that and multiplies it beyond you know what we could dream so all right who did I skip a well we kind of shot two people with this question yes you So community, how do you cultivate it? And then part B, how do you do that in the workplace situation? Come on, let's go. Big question. Anyone else have that question? And in family as well. So how do we do community? How do we do it in work? And how do we do it in family? This guy right here. Hey, bud. What you got? Box of cereal. That is amazing. Get it. Oh, I love kids. All right, yeah, yeah, go for it. Um, our, our situation is really beautiful. It's unique. There's, we... We don't ever want to like put it out as like this is the model for your next community, the cageless birds, because we know like what it's kind of like. What must it have been like when Jesus called his twelve? That was a that was a unique situation, you know, like Jesus just calling people out and being like, "Follow me." I was reflecting on this with the the guys before we came down. I was just like. Like, there is a space where we know that we were called, not by Jonathan and Melissa, but we were called really by Jesus. Um, so we're not, while we are, like, under their leadership or, like, walking out leadership with them, we know we're not, like, serving Jonathan and Melissa. You know, there is a space where we know that we are giving something of our lives where if y'all knew some of the crazy people that we live and do life with, it's, it's unbelievable who's there. I sit and I marvel every day at who I'm, who I live with and who I work with. It's unbelievable. Like, just these three, like they could be doing anything with their lives. They are that talented. They are that gifted. They are that amazing. Like, so much beauty. Like, our creative director Justina, that's Jake's wife, is like magic. And she's, she could be doing anything. She could be living here in Europe, being a beautiful, like, visual artist and being very successful. Or a dancer or something, because she's so amazing. My best friend and my roommate, Martha, she is, like, a, a, like the most <laughs> incredible human being. 
like in in the world and we it's it's kind of like how in the world did this happen we don't know literally we have no idea how this happened except that we heard something in our hearts like of like Jesus saying come follow me and that was our invitation and we just said yes and so the first thing we did was we said yes to something that was much bigger than just ourselves and we are a community of very artsy high creative prone toward isolation and um, aloneness and the, the, um, the world of me and my art and my voice and my music and my sound and blah, 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 me, me. And I, me, I can say that honestly because that's part of my, my story is, is the, the isolated artist. You know, nobody will ever understand me, but I'll do this anyway, you know. Oh, you laugh because you know about it. Okay, that's great. I'm, in, I'm amongst friends. Yay. <laughs> but the, I'd say, like, the, the thing that we, the thing was is that we, we really did, it was, it was more of a, like, we're, we are a group of people that are saying yes to something much bigger than just ourselves, something bigger than just our art. And that's, like, that's like what we're all sitting here at this three-day whoa thing. We're like, we're all about Jesus. What are you doing? What are you doing in England? What are you doing in France? What are you doing in Switzerland and Germany? What are you doing in North Carolina? Hey. <laughs> like, what are you doing? You know, what are you doing all over the world? He's pouring out kingdom, and the kingdom is like calling sons and daughters and saying there's there's way much more than what you know and so we heard that we committed to it we're sitting in 10 years of it some you know Justina Martha some of us like like 12 15 years and it's it's phenomenal and so we've over the years as we've been like developing you know our really community values of like how do we actually want to do life together what is our value? What are our values for life? We're, like we, we're artists and we're creatives. We need celebration. We need togetherness. We need, uh, we need times of Sabbath because we work really hard during the week and we need to replenish. But these are like things that we've been developing, kind of as the great cageless birds experiment. You know, for like the last ten years, we didn't know what we were doing. We've had two amazing leaders that have been like walking in the fear of the Lord and asking God, like, how do we lead this group of wild, crazy creatives that just need help? <laughs> they need help. <laughs> I needed help, you know. We, we've pressed into emotional health, like probably in the last like five, six, seven years, really, um, eight years. We have values for, for clear, assertive, beautiful communication because we see how quickly your words, our words can either really make or break a heart, can really make or break a moment. And we're learning how to do it better all the time, how to be quick to forgive more, how to be quick to repent, you know, faster, quick to own things and not like, oh, I didn't do that. No, you didn't, you didn't understand where I was coming from, bro. You know, like just own it, you know, like values of like how to actually love each other because we saw that it wasn't just enough for us to develop music and develop our art and even to disciple people if we weren't willing to actually lay our hearts down and do it first and like let the Lord actually do in us the personal as well as in the corporate 
the work he's wanting to do in the 95% of our lives. That's what you were talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think, well, one thought I have is we, we don't really have enough time to describe really what it takes to cultivate community. Um, but one key that I'd love to share is about the stewardship of your own heart. Um, and what Molly was saying about emotional health has become such a key. The father, I don't think that Jonathan and Melissa set out in the beginning to go after emotional health. It was something the father brought to us that the stewardship of our own hearts is really what creates health in a community. So my relationship with myself is becoming healthy is the only way I can relate to the people around me in a healthy way. Um, so when we step into community, we're bringing a lot with us. Like, I'm bringing the way that I grew up. I'm bringing all of my belief systems that are underneath the surface that I know better than here, but but I still believe that stuff here, if that makes sense. I'm bringing fears. I'm bringing my history. I'm bringing my memories into community. And we have these moments where we get up close to each other in life, and, and those things get pressed on. And I can think, oh, Rosemary did that, you know, just press me in this way. No, 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 that wasn't Rosemary. That was something that happened a long time ago in my history. Does that make sense? Being pressed on. So we all carry these belief systems into community with us. And it's a funny thing when we feel like uh, the only way that I can fix this is to get away and go to a different community. And then you show up there and find out the same stuff is happening, right? But that's because it wasn't that community. It's my belief systems in my heart that are being pressed on in these moments. And if you're ever noticing a pattern in your relational issues, it's because it's not everybody else, if that makes sense. It is actually just a heart issue of my own. And so I think all of us who've done the 18-inch journey have been awakened to, okay, I actually need to, with the Holy Spirit, discover what I'm believing on a heart level and let him come and redefine my beliefs and make exchanges with him. We talk about that a lot. We're making exchanges with him. That's what we believe repentance is about, is this practice of taking the beliefs that life have given, has given to us and letting the Father give us something new. That's been central for us becoming healthy as a community, is just becoming whole on a heart level um, and letting the Father define who we are and our identities, define what we believe about him, because that's when we're able to start like, practicing being seen by one another, not walking in shame, not walking in fear of one another, not walking in suspicion of one another, um, is by actually like understanding what are we believing in these moments and how does the Father actually want to redefine our belief systems. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think too, just to encourage all of y'all, like we're not a bunch of mystical fairies and that's why we have a great community. Like we actually do a lot of hard work, but it's not, it's something that everyone can practice and everyone can do. And I think even just along with what Phyllis is saying, that is just so key. And I think along with like stewarding your inner well, also we something that we practice is vulnerability with one another and being quick to soften in moments, like choosing humility, being willing to be wrong. <laughs> and... Um, choosing forgiveness and extending grace to one another. Like those are just very simple things that actually when practice, because keynote practice, like those things don't come naturally. 
And I think a lot of us can even just feel the shame of that, of like, oh, this is, this is challenging. Like, I should know how to do this or I should be better at this. Like, those things actually just take practice. And a lot of, we've failed a lot and <laughs> had a lot of weird, funny, awkward moments. And at the end of the day, like, we're practicing. And even just to encourage y'all too, like, those are things that can be practiced. The stewarding of your inner well, vulnerability, asking for help, forgiveness, like humility, willing to be wrong. Like those are all things that can be practiced and over time can create and bear a lot of just really beautiful fruit. So, Yeah. One thought. There is a book called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality by Pete Scazzaro. If this interests you at all to go after emotional health, that's a super, really good first step. Absolutely. Emotionally healthy spirituality, or EHS. It's a little easier to say. Um, Available on Amazon and all sorts of stores. By Pete Scazzaro. S-C-A-Z-E-R-R-O, or maybe two... One R, two Z's. Two Z's, one R. Two Z's, one R. Scazzaro. That's a great book. And we also put out a, a recent edition of Cultivate. It's called The Art of Connection. I don't know if they're in the merch tent. Do you like, yeah? They're there. Yay. So you can get them. If you don't get it while you're here, we sell them. There's a distributor in the UK. So you don't have to pay $50 to ship it from our little farm. Hallelujah. God is breaking through in the nations. My Lord, when you pay more for shipping than you pay for the thing you're getting, it's still worth it. It's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, so there's a lot of keys in there. We all have articles we wrote in this volume of Cultivate that, like, keys that we've received. um, I talk a bit about entitlement. Entitlement's a real thing um, in community. So there's a lot of, uh, if you want to go further, I would get The Art of Connection, Cultivate Volume 5. And um, so part one, there's another one coming, which is going to be so amazing. And in the workplace, we work together too. um, And all those values, I would say values, like find the values that really help, like vulnerability. Find these keys. um, And once you you start to know yourself a little better, um, before you blast into everybody else, like we're saying, it's not always when you feel irritated by somebody, it's not always about them. Sometimes it is. And you need to talk about it. Um, so there's a place of, I'm going to press in to know myself and figure out what's going on. I'm going to help ask for help from friends. I'm going to ask for help from the Lord. I'm going to seek out resources that, like uh, emotionally healthy spirituality, those sorts of things. Um, ask the Lord for help. He might have another idea that's really good for you. Um, but once you start to do that, you can actually start to see a little clearer. Um, and then when you actually are affected by somebody, you can say, hey, I'd love to talk about, we had that moment yesterday. I just wanted you to know this is how I felt. And you start to build a connection between each other through vulnerability. And that's been really powerful, guys. Unity is so important. And it's not just like a mystical, spiritual union. Like we have that in Christ. But we wake up every day and all put our pants on the same way. Maybe, I don't know, maybe you put your pants on different than I do. And we walk into this life and into our jobs, and we are human, right? And Jesus loves that we're human. Do you think Jesus loves your humanity? Maybe. 
if you do say, Jesus loves my humanity. Who created your humanity? Jesus is the right answer. Who, who took on our humanity? Who is still human? Whoa. He's gone ahead. He's the resurrected body, but that's where we're going next. He is fully human, fully God. And so us honoring our humanity is so important. Spirituality is not an escape from life. It's not an escape from reality, in it, but it so easily can be. But that's not what God's asking us to do. He's not just trying to catch us up in the spirit and never come back down or just be on the mountaintop. Think about the Mount of Transfiguration, right? Elijah shows up, right? On the mountain with Jesus. Here's the prophets in the law, Moses and Elijah. And Peter, James, and John are there, and they're like, should we build you a tabernacle let's do this thing this is amazing let's never leave this place and jesus is saying can you imagine i I love that scene they're like should we build a tabernacle and then it says a cloud envelops them and i just imagine them like what is going on and then it and then everything clears and what what does it say and it was only jesus there and the voice said hey this is my son listen to what he has to say and then they go back down right and it's I think I just, we want to encourage you that it's the both and with God. Spirituality is not an escape from humanity. True spirituality is when you are, your vessel of humanity is full of the Spirit of God. Right? It's not just like an outer shell. It's not just this like whatever thing that's in the way of us knowing God. The more, amen, thank you for that. Right? I love this kid right here. He's trying to tell you something, you know? <laughs> so we all uh, probably in, to some degree in our walks with the Lord run away from our humanity. And sometimes th- that's the first step, right? You're like, just get me, get me out of here. I want to know you, God. And we're just caught up in the wonder of worship and all these things. And we're like, let's just stay here. And he's like, no, we're not going to stay here. I want to go down the mountain with you. I want to show you that your humanity is a gift and not a hindrance. I want to show you that who you are and where you're from is on purpose from me. And I have an inheritance in your legacy, in your generation, in your children, your children's children. This is about family, right? So to sum that up, um, Psalm 133 is such a great passage to take away. Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell together in unity. It's like the precious oil pouring down the head and the beard onto the, the garments of, of Aaron. That's the place where God commands the blessing. Behold how good is, is when we get all, all get together and we get along. And more than get along, we actually get to know each other and work through some stuff, that glorifies God. If you want to go deeper in community and deeper in creativity, go deeper with one another. Do it. Like, go be brave and press into to vulnerability and intimacy with one another as you do it with the Lord. For those of you that want to just be alone with God, you need to get with people. And for those of you that only want to be with people, you need to get alone with God. Like, we all have a returning. We all have a natural tendency and a bend for me, it's more like me and God. I'm like in the secret place, and it's actually real. It's not like it's this fake thing I made up. I'm, I'm like 
there's things that are in my life because of the secret place. But if I don't connect with family and team, I'm never going to go where I'm created to go. And I'm never going to get healing in my life the way that God wants to bring true healing in my life. So that's the place. You want the blessing of God? Who wants the blessing of God? Do you know where God commands it? In unity. Where there's unity, he commands blessing. He commands it. That's the place of commanded blessing. It's like unity to him. When we get along, when we do those things, to him it's like oil pouring over his beard. It's precious. It's like the dew from heaven. So let's take another question. We probably have time for one more. You pick this time. I'm picking up. Bum, bum, bum. Are you Switzerland? Is you, you the guy that Germany, Germany when we said on? Yes. If you're from Switzerland or Germany, raise your hand. I just want to see. We love. Look at this. This is amazing. We love. We love. In Austria. <laughs> Music. Oh, brother, you're trying to get us nerding out up here. You've come to the right tent. Y'all ready to take a language turn? That's a great question. Music is language. Selah, let us think. Molly's going to pull something out of her well that's going to fill us all. Yeah, you, you asked the right question for Molly, for sure. Thank you. It's like my favorite thing to talk about. Oh, good. Um, my thoughts... On music as a language, yeah. I feel like, personally, I'm sitting in a deeper revelation of God being sound and being light than I ever have. And I feel like it's pretty... I mean, that's a, that's a very long topic. Like, we could have another, like, breakout in, like, another hour of talk about how vast and huge. I mean, to think about the sound spectrum as a whole, there's so many frequencies right now being released in that tent just on the stage from the drums to the low end of the bass to the, the high end of the guitar to the to the mid to high ranges of the voice and that's only covering a very small space in the sound spectrum right that's so intense you think about that it's so intense and then just thinking about the the way that western music operates it's different in different cultures and different communities Different scales in India, different scales in different countries in Africa, different scales in, in, in uh, Asia and all the different countries there. Um, that's intense. That there's like a li little groupings of notes. Like we set aside 12 chromatic tones and say, this is the palette we're going to use. You know, and we've been doing that for a very long time. 
classical music, all of it, church music, all of it. We've been saying, these are the 12 that we are going to use. These are our color palettes. This is the one we're going to use for hundreds of years. Okay. And then you go to like, you know, Mongolia, and they've got a couple of other colors. It's kind of like that 96 box of crayons, you know, where you're like, I only had like the 12 or 14 pack, but y'all got like that 24 pack. What is that? You know, I've never heard that color before. Is that even a color or are you just singing off? I don't know. You know, because to my ears, it sounds off, but I've only, I've only played in this palette of 12, you know, tones, right? Y'all are, y'all are tracking me. This is very deep and mystical. I'm trying to like not go too intense, but we could. Um, I think really what I want to, I want to honor about the Lord is how he condescends himself and humbles himself to come into our tiny little palettes of color. We're using like a palette of 12 in there, like song after song for 72 hours. We're mostly Western music people in this, you know, thing. If we go anyplace else, it would be something different, you know. But let's just stop and think. Music is a language. Let's talk about the, the one who's in the sound, who is the sound, who gives us the language and condescends and humbles himself to squeeze himself into 12 tones who is infinite sound and color, infinite light, infinite. He is infinite. And he says, your three-chord song and five-note repeating melody, I will squeeze myself into that space. What the heck? Guys, what? That's God. That is Father, creative, Jesus, Holy Spirit. Like, he says, I will, I will bring myself and humble myself just as I did in your humble frame and squeeze myself in your color palettes and your clay and your canvases and the light that you capture behind your lens and all of these things that your instrument and your scales and all the things. For what reason? We have to know the why. Why would he do that? And I remember asking the father a long time ago, you know, in that frustrated moment in ministry where you're just like, what the heck am I doing in worship? You know, has, it, has anyone ever had that moment where things just feel like, I don't know what I'm doing here. I'm not sure what I'm even doing here. I'm not even sure what I'm doing in ministry. What, what the heck? You know, and you're just kind of in that space. And I'm just like, Lord, why on earth did you? Kind of like that, why did you do this? Why am I here? You know, why did you do this to me? <laughs> And, and I thought about every moment at the piano by myself, every moment I had an encounter with a, a song as a little kid, and I would just cry just like I did just now. And, and I thought about every moment like that, and the Lord said, I just really wanted to be with you. We really misinterpret the why a lot of time, you know? Even creatively, I think all of us creatives in here, we can really misinterpret the gift 
and really misinterpret like why he gave it to us. Cause like, I got to get out there and do my thing and bring the kingdom in and bring in the, bringing in the sheaves and the glory. Hey, you know, that is all good. Okay. That's all good. That's what we're doing here. I mean, my Lord, we are giving, we as a collective, we are laying down 72 hours for what the kingdom we're like, yes, do it, Jesus. But we can really misinterpret the giving of the gift um, and the giver himself and, like, what he expects and why he did that. Which is, I love what Phyllis actually shared on that. Like, if we don't fully know ourselves, we don't fully know the Lord's intentions, whether in creativity or whether in relationship or with ourselves, we will, we will miss it, you know? And it took me coming into the woods, just like um, Ralph Waldo Emerson wrote, I went to the woods because I wanted to live deliberately. I had that kind of encounter myself where it's like I had to get into the woods to really figure out, why did you do this? He's like, I wanted to be with you. If music is a language, it's a heavenly language that God has to teach us because he's the only one who can really sing it. He's the author. He's the origin. He's the beginning. And he's the infinite. I just really want to encourage us all, again, to really think differently about what it is we're doing creatively is that there is a place that God wants to be with you more than he wants to use you. He will use you. Make no mistake. You are influential. Make no mistake. Your life is beautiful. But there is a space where if we're not still connected to the why of like God's like, Molly Kate, when you play music on the stage or you're down there in that little studio, I just wanted to be with you. Whether people's there or not, whoever's there or not, it doesn't matter. I'm there. That's what keeps us going. And that's what keeps the love alive. And it makes us hungry for this, the 96 box of crayons. What else, Lord? Because he's like, there's so much more I have to give you. There's so much more of this language you need to know. And we could talk about that for till kingdom come. But I just, I love that the Lord is, I feel like he's wanting to reassure all of us again, even me. I just feel, he's like, it's because I just wanted to, I knew, he said, I knew you would love it. I knew you would, I wanted to be close to you. I knew you would love it. And I knew you would always find me here. That's why I gave it to you. Just to echo what Molly's saying, I actually really want to honor Molly because um, I think almost like no one else I've seen, Molly has this capacity to use music to go past the head to get to the heart. Just whenever Molly gets, gets in a moment in worship, what happens is God is able to go past our logic, past the roadblocks that are here to the heart. Like I'm much more in my head. I love lyrics. I like words. She's going to get to the heart and I think one thing to even affirm what you're saying like I think part of the Lord's motive through music is that he wants to be with us in the deepest parts of ourselves and I've heard someone say before like maybe music is manipulative 
Um, like, you know, when pastors are preaching and then they get, I don't know if they do this in England, but sometimes pastors are preaching and they get somebody on the keys behind them. Does that, does that ever happen? You know, and they're playing the music while they're talking. Do y'all know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And I remember someone saying to me, I'm afraid of being manipulated in that moment. But, but I think the, the more, the truer truth about that is that the father knew that music would just cut right through all of our heady doubts and struggles and mental stuff to get straight to the heart. Whenever Molly opens her mouth, plays the piano, I feel that power of music that God wants to get the deepest parts of ourselves. So you're here for these three days, and this is my first time here, and it's been amazing. And we're, we're going into this tent, and we're letting people carry us into this place through their music. But I just want to encourage you, as you go from this place, you still have this tool for getting past your head to your heart. And I'm not against the head. I'm a head type. I love it. The head is beautiful, but there's a place where they actually need to work together and we need to let the Lord get to these places. And music is a part of that. And your song is a part of that. And when you sing your song, it connects to something here. So just even about what you're asking with the language of music, let's not forget that this is about Jesus wanting to reach the very center of you through music. Um, there's this, I'm just going to throw this in there. There's this, um, uh, at dawn, you'll notice if you ever get up right before the sun rises, all of the birds start singing really loudly, right? Like really louder than any other time in the day. Um, so someone, I don't know who it was, figured out that there are these pores inside of the leaves of plants called stomata, and they open because of the, the frequency of the bird song. So the actual frequency of the birds singing opens these pores and it allows them to take in more light. That's why it happens right before dawn because the sun is rising. It's like, wake up, you need to open and receive light. And that's the power of music on our own hearts. I think that's a beautiful metaphor that the Lord put in creation that actually music is helping the pores of our hearts open to the light of God. Does that make sense? Yeah, so as you go from this place, don't forget about the power that the Lord is releasing through music to reach you at the center of your heart. Yeah, yeah so we bless you guys. Thank you so much. It's been such an honor to share. And may everything that the Lord spoke be sealed in your hearts. Um, may you become people of community and creativity. And may you find yourselves answered by the Father. The reason you have questions and stirrings in your heart is because God wants to give you that very thing. He gave you the question so he could become your answer. He stirred your heart so that he could become that thing for you. So we just declare that God is giving you more and he's making you a people who love him and know him and also love each other and love themselves. And we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Do make sure you subscribe. And if you'd like more information on how to get involved with David's Tents, please visit www.davidstents.net.